Fucking all my titties like you want me Calling me all the time like Blondie Check out my prissy behind It's fine all of the time Like sex on the beaches What else is in the teachers of peaches? Huh, what? Fuck the pain away Anyways, welcome to the Cult of Comics Podcast I'm your host, Tyler Brown And today I'm joined by my usuals Sean Walsh, Josh Craven How's it going, boys? I, alcohol is poison You know Welcome to therapy. You're correct. Welcome to therapy. <laughs> Sean, when you drink, it hurts me. I'm sorry. I can't see you like this. I have a letter written out here. Hang on a second. Sean, when you drink, you always end up calling me and telling me that you don't actually like me. This hurts me and reminds me that we are not actually friends. Please stop calling me. Thank you. If you were my friend, we might have met, you know, we would have actually met in real life. That was a statement. I'm saying, like, you'd be here. You wouldn't just be calling me over uh, Zoom. If we were friends, which we're not, you would tell me the actual identity of Spider-Man. I, uh, no one I knows. Anybody knows that. No, no one, one knows. knows. That's an unfortunate circumstance. I feel like I knew it, but I don't now. It feels well, like it's on the tip of my tongue. The, t- the, t- the teat of your tongue. The tip of your tip. Paul? Paul? Paul, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, Paul, Paul Blart, Mall Cop, Paul, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. Anyways, what are we doing today, boys? Today is an episode. We're going to do a thing, right? It's the comic book episode, right? We're going to talk about comic do books? Do the thing. Say the line, Sean. What's the sh- What's the line, Sean? Don't look at us blankly like that with your chin, your chinny um, chin chin. I don't know what the line is. Silence. Oh, you fucking simp. You Anything. goddamn cuck. You beta simp. Uh, Tyler Stab doesn't love him. There you go. Now we can lead into the show. Welcome. So, what do we got going on for this episode, boys? We got some comic books we're going to read for this week. Wait, I was, I was supposed to do prep work? You ha- you wrote out a script. We you asked you to do to one prep. fucking thing. You were supposed to take prep. And you didn't do it. Now we can't do the game. What back. the hell, man? I forgot. Did you get the sports sheets or no? No. Do you know what sports sheets are? No clue. Did you look into it? No. They're sheets that wick away cum. Real easy. It's really good for orgies. Ask me why I know that. Why do you know that? I'll give you a hint. Uh, It's my dad. It's sunny in Philadelphia? No, my dad's time in prison. Anyways. (laughs) Let's go. Let's up. Let's hop into the episode. We're going to talk about some of the comic books that we uh, read this week. So we're going to start off with Radio Apocalypse number two. It's been... Too long. One, two, three months since the last issue, and we finally the got it. Issue. Josh got the variant cover. The... Yeah. Yes, he did. This is the only copy they had. And unfortunate for me, like, second page, the printer just, like, jizzed all over this, man. We need some uh, sports sheets for that. <laughs> Something to wick it away. Yeah. Wick it away. I was like, the pages! The pages are stuck together. So this is well, we know the, what that. this is the series by Ramvi and Anand RK, and yes. this is the series that has songs you are supposed to listen to throughout reading it. Yes, and to pick up on it doesn't exactly tell you. No, the first issue you. was like I spotted them quite easily and I listened as I read it and it blew me away. And then this issue, when I was reading it, I found one out of three songs. I mean, they seem pretty blatant. Like they're out right there. The first one, the Day Tripper one by the Beatles. I was looking at the record at the top, and I was like, "It looks like it's a Beatles song. That looks like the Beatles there. I can't read what it says on the vinyl." 
and then you get to the bottom and you've got the cassette tape that says Day Tripper. And I just thought that was yeah. like the subtitle of the issue. Yeah, it, I mean, it's fun that they treat it like a title right there. Yeah, because it doesn't even say the Beatles anywhere on that page. I don't think they literally yeah. can. I, I feel not? like they lingered they on this showed, opening scene. They said Muse and. Um, too long. Yeah, Muse and Bruce Springsteen last time. We had The Cure this time and um, Neil Young. Yeah. But yeah. the Beatles like that, didn't have. Uh, instead of a Sony Walkman, she has a Tony Walkman. <laughs> So yeah, I do it's need to go. Right re- I need to go reread this with the songs now that I know what they are, because yeah. one out of three of them. And the even, third song. Do you even like read the comic while you read the comic? Yeah, I read it while I've got the music on, and the story was fine, but it just lacked. I mean, that. like, there's. I mean, I I can't show this because it's almost pornography, but uh, I mean, it shows the cure, the cure and love song. Yeah, that was the song I found right there. That was the one. Oh, yeah. you didn't find Day Tripper. Okay. Day Tripper and the Neil Young song at the end. Mama hey hey. Yeah. Mama and the annoying, the annoying fucking thing is, what's he been in the news for recently? Who, Neil Young? Yeah. Joe Rogan? I thought Bruce Springsteen had been in the news lately. He, he might have been, but not for the same reason as Neil Young. Probably oh. the same reason. Well, Neil Young's had all his music removed from Spotify. Yeah, him and um, he, oh, he chose that. Crosby, Stills, and Nash as well, and yeah. Joni Mitchell. So it means I can't listen to one of these songs while I'm reading the fucking comments. I know. It's on YouTube. Yeah, but that's just effort. I can't just tell Alexa. Go look it up on the YouTube. Yeah. I've listened dude. to it since, and I was like, "This is a beautiful song that would be a great outro for this issue." Just like I'm on three months the ago. First yeah. Issue. yeah, that is a. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too familiar with a lot of Neil Young songs. Just never really listened to them. Oh man, look at my no. life. I'm oh, yeah, alive. There's that one. Uh, but yeah, this the... song was beautiful, and I wish I'd listened to it while reading the issue. But I missed that yeah. one. Well, as soon as the Cure love song came on that for that page, I started listening to it. Yeah. But it wasn't properly paced out because I got to Neil Young like halfway through that song. You need to read slower. Yeah, I guess so. You need to take in the art of all the panels and kind of imagine how it plays in your head. The the art that is the That swirls. page was awful. I turned the page, I was like, what the fuck is this? Mm. Yeah. It's it's like it's, a draft page. It's ex- The art's really good and detailed in some pages and then really messy in others. I'm pretty sure... Yeah. I can't remember if it was this issue or the previous one where... We see like the control room for the radio, and it changes. Yeah, there's only two issues. This is issue number two. Yeah, I I read. So it's not in this issue. It's in the other one. Okay, in issue one, the layout of the control room changes three times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. We only see the control room once. Here. Yeah, it must yeah, be the first I don't issue. Think that was like the first issue. No, the artwork's messy. I mean, this, this guy, the uh, the DJ. Barely looks like he did in the first issue, I think. Yeah, he looks younger here. Younger, not as strung out. Reminds me a little of... <sighs> His hand isn't covered in bandages yeah. as much. I want to say he reminds me of Huey Lewis, but I don't know if... Eh. Maybe. No. But yeah, this is such... 
again, I know I didn't listen to the songs properly, but it's still such a cinematic story. Rereading the first issue with those songs just blew me away again. I, yeah, no, this would have been, I think as a film, this would have yeah. been really good. Like, as like, just, this is you could make it as like a student. 30 minutes, this is the next 30 minutes. Yeah. It's four issues, you could have a two hour movie. But I think it would work well as a mini series as well. Like, you could have like 20 minute episodes, but just the way the songs okay. at the end, like I'm on Fire could lead so beautifully into the credits from the last yeah. issue. Yeah. And then the Neil yeah, Young song, song would lead perfectly into the credits in this. Yeah. And it works that way in other shows, like uh, Peacemaker. Yeah. Uh, James Gunn is great at building a uh, soundtrack. Who would? What creators would you like to see make this into a TV series or? This. Yeah. Um, you could get George Miller. That's a really good show. Kind of like, I mean, it's kind of Mad Max, Mad Max esque. Yeah, I see that. That's actually not a bad idea at all. I'm trying to think of what other directors stand out to me. Yeah. I think George Miller's the best shout. I mean, I can't argue with that. It's a good choice, actually. What does your cover look like? Um. You got it digitally? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's on here somewhere. Yeah, uh, art's a bit rough. I feel like the pacing could have been maybe a little better. Like, the first couple of pages could have been a page or two shorter. I still really like that, uh, title page. The title that they've built up where they got the, uh, record. The yeah. Album. Yeah, the logo's great. The, uh, tape. I feel like that's something we don't talk about enough with comics is the logos. And, like, that. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot of work goes into them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, pointing out here, the vinyl, it looks really good. Yeah. Yeah. Is that supposed to be the Beatles? I just noticed that as well, one? yeah. There's so much okay. Beatles stuff in this issue, and I still missed the song. The dog's even called Shame Rico. On you. Shame <laughs> on you. You should be embarrassed. Embarrassing. Yeah, I was starting to wonder, because I think you link, linked us, or sent us a list of what the songs yeah. were. And I thought maybe just calling her a day tripper and having the dog named Ringo would be all of the hints that we got for what song to listen to. I didn't think it would be so blatant that they would show the cover of the record and the cassette. Yeah. No, but the Cure one was very obvious what you what they wanted you to play. It's like, hey, put this song on. And then the Neil Young one, it's just like they... It's just like the bottom of the panel has the record. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna like. The, I think I'm gonna like the next issue. I do like. Uh, don't fear the. Don't fear the reaper. That's what Blue Oyster Cult. Is that? Ooh, yeah. I just noticed that. That's, Very good that's song. Got a good beat to it. Yeah. I can. I'll listen to that one later. I reckon that's going to be the last song in the issue that sort of leads to the credits, as if it was an episode. Yeah. Because I can just imagine that sort of outro. Uh, yeah. Uh, so we get uh, some hints in this issue of what 
cause the uh, apocalypse. Some asteroid with a sickness that it brought along with it. Yeah. I guess that, that kind of spreads. Yeah, and we've kind of got these weird mutant creatures, I guess. They sort of got infected, maybe a bit like I Am Legend with the weird vampire things. Because yeah, that scene... Like dogs. These Xenos. Yeah, the scene where she goes under the shutter and sees them all reminded me of that scene in I Am Legend where he's like walking through the building right, yeah. and then just like walks into a room just full of them. Yeah, they can't come out in the daylight. They're in some sort of nest. The body. That and scene looked. Such a stark... That page looked great where she walks in there and it's just all these weird, like, bloody. Yeah. I don't even know how to describe it. But there's such a contrast there where, like, you can see a lot of stuff, but it's not quite detailed. But then we get the shot of her face, and I feel like they spent as much time on that face as they did on everything else. Yeah. And then you get to the next page, and in one panel, she doesn't even have a face. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird how they choose the. Uh what to detail and what not to. It feels like in Decorum we have Mike Huddleston where some panels would be like literally just outlines of stuff and then some would be hyper detailed. But I feel like it works so much better there mm -hmm. because the focus was all drawn to the important stuff. Whereas here it's just like yeah. the artist just seems to not put effort in on some pages. Yeah. I think this would have been a good comic to include a map along yeah. with the comic. So that you would know be where all cool. the locations are. Like, both parties converge on this uh, way station Brazo. Brazo? Bib? Pause. What? Bib. Okay, come here. Hurry. Ten. Five. Nine. Eight. Five. Seven. Six. Five, four, have a good day. Continue. The way station Brazo is where we kind of converge. Yeah. This almost looks like a pillow fort, I think, this first page that we see of it. I see that, yeah. It is sort of very sort of it's, it's, haphazardly put together. It seems like they're the only people there, and they've got this entire fort to themselves. Yeah. Um, Do we have anything else to really say about Not really. It's still telling quite a cool story. Very sort of fun, stylish, apocalypse story. Mm -hmm. And obviously this issue we got... It's not Ram... It's not Ram V's best work. No, it's but I still think it's a lot of fun and it's an interesting concept. Like tying yeah. in the music. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it has some nice story threads in there. I think it's a five-issue miniseries. Five? I thought it was four. It might be four. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm enjoying it. I need to go back and reread it with the music this time. I don't think it's as good as yeah. issue one. Because that was just such a beautifully right. haunting issue. Yeah. But I still think it's very good. I'll give it like a 8.25. That's exactly what I was thinking. Tyler. Hmm. What? What's your rating? You hear? I didn't read this. Oh. That's why I didn't send anything. Oh. Yeah, my why? shop didn't have it, and I couldn't find it online. You're awful. I know. Yeah. I was my, really excited my shop to. Runs, 
my shop runs pretty lean too. This was the only copy available. I got in there. I I signed I up for it. Yeah. Wednesday. I got in there Wednesday at like noon. Yeah. And this is all they had left. I mean, it, it's it's been delayed a lot, and they only put out so many issues. And I think that it, my shop was trying to be on top of it. I'm certain that they had some at some point, but I I, I couldn't get in any. Okay, well that takes us on to the next book, which is Saga 56 by Brian K. Vaughan and Fiona Staples. And I, will let you I was actually take really surprised away. you put this on there. Did you not want to like, talk Saga? No, it's not that. It's just that, I mean, there's, there's always going to be things that happen in every issue of Saga. I just didn't think that this was necessarily... Uh, I only really wanted to talk about, like, the end. Okay. Like, they're... They got... A tractor beam on them they get basically pulled in by pirates they know they're carrying something and they realize their interests kind of align yeah uh, so they're basically hired for a job uh there's you know hazel is narrating uh the story there's little hints at the future like there always are like they're going to spend a lot of time here uh so there's a rough start and then we find out our interests are aligned and then the issue ends pretty rough. Like, they're hired for a job, but the guy, uh, I can't even re remember what his name was, basically is like, you know, there's a lot of uh, wreath spies out there, so I need to make sure you you don't have any wings. And that, you know, that's obviously going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, at the end, they end up fighting. Yeah, I don't know how he overcomes the... Uh, amulet that cancels out the magic but he does and things get pretty violent he's like i'm gonna haul your kids up here and rape them to death in front of you oh yeah should i put a trigger warning up there for you it's a lot i mean yeah, that's some, uh... this isn't necessarily like like that crazy far out there necessarily just because it's like yeah, but that's Brian K. Saga. Barton, yeah, exactly. You know, kind of zero to a hundred real quick. Yeah. I was more taken aback by the interaction by uh, Prince Robot the Fourth's father and the. Right. Yeah, let's go back to that. Well, that just stood out to me because it strikes me that this female robot uh, really doesn't want the king to look into the death of Robot Four, because. Mm -hmm. If I'm correct, in my memory, she's uh, partially responsible for hiring the will, correct? Yeah, she did remind. She did look familiar to me, but it, I didn't reread this comic before uh, going back into it. I've got the companions. Oh, I have to go back. And I really need to go through them again, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't remember much about the, uh, the robot family members. I just remember Robot and the issues that he was having. Mm-hmm. I can't look on anything that is done in Saga and then say I'm unimpressed. Every time that I open up the book, there's some quality about it that just is baffling to me. What is that thing that baffles me? It's the colors. It's the collection of really strange uh, creatures. I mean, you've got a frog pirate. You've got a man with antler horns that are like a moose but i mean that's not un unrealistic for the uh, species necessarily it's just cool to see that there's so much freedom to do a lot of these creative elements in these stories and i think that that's something that's missing in a lot of 
comics, stories in general lately, honestly. I think that there's less boldness in a lot of the creative freedoms. This is very much just like, fuck it, let's throw literally everything at the wall and have fun with it. And I think that's a big reason why this all stands out so much. That and the fact that the story just progresses in such a way that it does continuously make you engaged. There's never a point where you're bored, really. And even if there is a part that's like a low part, it's not something that makes you go, man, I'm really just so bored with this book. I've met maybe one person who has said that they don't like Saga, but that's because they say they don't like Gen Z snark. And I don't know what that means, but... Yeah. I don't know. Uh, there's a point in here, uh, another, like, one last thing, um, where uh, they're going over the, uh, the fade drugs, and they're basically saying, like, Instead of trying to snuff it out, we'll just mix in bad batches to make it seem more dangerous than it actually is. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. I think that's supposed to be, uh, you know, taking shots at, like, the war on drugs. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is something that was... Talk, spoken about many times in different circles about you know uh, the government putting in cocaine crack cocaine sorry into lower income and black communities so yeah I mean it makes sense oh not just that but also like mixing in stuff that's going to really mess you up as opposed to just the drug yeah I mean I've heard about that before too um, about how they'll cut stuff with certain chemicals or what have you in order to uh, kill off the population more but I don't know how true yeah. that conspiracy necessarily is. Something I'm confused it about. Feels like, it just feels like Brian K. Vaughn is really trying to touch on, like, real-world issues. Uh, I mean, I think that that's something that is touched on with most of Saga without it being, you know, preached at. Yeah, they always, you know, kind of poke at, you know, real-world things. But in this issue, I think that's what they're trying to poke at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, were you surprised by this ending? Because I was. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't see things kind of turning south, especially with uh, Hazel. Mm -hmm. I, I get the mother and the daughter mixed up. Hazel's the daughter, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, but Hazel making the uh, narrating that, like, we would live here for quite a while. Some of my best memories would be here. And for things to kind of turn south right now, like... This ship is going to ride itself somehow, but it's kind of weird how you come back from something like uh, what's going on right here. I predict... Oh, yeah, you threaten my uh, you threaten my kids and my livelihood, but we're going to be quick friends soon. I, I don't think so. I think that she's going to kill him and become the uh, head of the ship. I think it, that that's where that's going at this point. Um, Maybe, yeah. I mean, I just think it makes sense. Uh, I, I Mostly I'm surprised just because... It's one thing to, you know, have prejudice because of the war. That makes sense for that character to be bigoted in that regard. But it, it, I, the response about the children really just shook, really threw me for a loop. But again, we kind of go back to you know, BKV has a tendency to make you like get shocked. But I don't know. I would just never. I can't imagine a scenario where someone would say that aloud. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, maybe that guy is trying to go for the shock factor. Or maybe he means it. I mean, there's also the question of language, he is a, right? Uh, 
Yeah, well, he is also, you know, a record producer. He's going to make their band big. Yeah. So maybe, you know, he is supposed to be that skeezy record producer that's just going to get whatever he wants. Maybe. Um, I, I will say this. One thing about bringing up a, a conversation about this piece is it's really cool to be able to say that it's still two issues in and there isn't a low point in this series. There isn't any point in this series that you can look back on and been like, that's fucking boring. I'm out of this series. You know, I, I, yeah, I'm, I, I'm still really engaged with it and I'm actually really looking forward to Sean hopping yeah. into it and seeing all the ridiculousness yeah. here. No. Maybe in some of the first issues it lulls just slightly, but it definitely finds its pace quick. I think my favorite issue is the lull in issue eight. You know, when there is that revelation about the book and Marco and, uh, oh shit, I can't remember her name now. Um, well, regardless how they kind of fall in love and they, they find mutual love for that book and that's what brings them together. Yeah. I just, I don't know what it is. Something about that just seems really simple to me and it stands out. And the cover is something that stands out as well. It's, uh, her on, uh, reading the book on top of uh, a ship or something. Those little lulls. Oh, yeah, it's still in her... Uniform. Uh, wraith uniform. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. And this is another reason why I'm happy that you're on the show is because you, you helped me with my shitty memory. Um, yeah. I mean, there there isn't much else to say outside of it. I don't want to continuously be like, oh, I'm going to sing the praises of this to, to death. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do have... One, I know I said one or two more things, but it's stuff I wanted to cover after we talk about the comic. Sure. Um, quick thing was the cover, uh, another issue of, I don't really know what this has to do with this necessarily. I know that we've touched on, um, the kid in the previous issue. It just seems interesting that they did this now. Yeah. Uh, I had some thoughts. Uh, you know, maybe this is the last thought he had before he died. Uh, most of the covers, if I recall correctly, don't usually have much to do with the issue inside sometimes i mean there's been plenty of times where it, it very much has to do with what's inside the uh, the book itself but yeah what else did yeah, you want to talk uh, about um okay so in the back matter we've got this uh uh survey saga reader survey yeah uh you know if you if you tear the page out and mail that in which no one's gonna do very special <laughs> It's a three issue. It's a three dollar comic. I'll go buy a second one and tear the page out of that. I one. guess. It's a great way to get people to buy two copies. Yeah, it is. Uh, get a prize from the prize drawer. You get to drink from the water hose. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, Brian K. Vaughn talks about his Substack uh, with uh, Nico Henriken. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his last name, but he did. Uh, I'm gonna say yeah. Pride of Baghdad. Pride of Baghdad with him. Nico Henrican, Henrican. Popo Gijo. Henrichen. Popo Gijo. <laughs> uh, but he's starting uh, a new graphic novel called Spectators, and that's gonna be something that's released free, but you can give him money, you know, to support him. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's their magnum opus. I mean, he and Fiona Staples, Saga, this is their magnum opus. Yeah. See, uh, can't have more than one, man. It's full-colored, 100% free. 
they say it's going to take us years to finish, but we'll be releasing pages every week. Substack uh, is becoming what? the new way for a lot of creators to get out there, which is cool, but I still haven't created an account. I should probably hop on that. Yeah. Retail partners, you can purchase the graphic novels eventually. Uh, remain fully committed to both Image Comics and Panel Syndicate. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the last thing, uh, the home of our digital collaboration is called Exploding Giraffe. ExplodingGiraffe.substack.com. Is that a reference to something Wait. from his work? Not that I know of. Maybe it has something to do with the Spectator's comic. Maybe. Uh, he did a right. comic in the early 2000s about an exploding draft or something. Did he really? I can't remember exactly what it was, but yeah. Hmm. Okay. Um, All right. Uh, shall we move along, unless there's uh, anything else you wanted to say? Back in 2004, he did a Vertigo comic, Pride of Baghdad, and in it, a draft exploded. Okay, that is Pride of Baghdad yeah. with Nico Chirgachan. Uh For this issue... Uh, oh, it's a meme. Weird. Okay. <sighs> Jesus, Sean. What? Um. What did I do? <laughs> like, I don't know if this was the oh. best issue ever, but it still holds my attention. It's definitely got some shocking stuff in there. Yeah, it does. So, it's probably more like an 8, I guess. Uh, yeah, I'm inclined to agree with you. I would say that that's about right. Okay. I can't really say that there's anything about this that made me go, this is the thing, but... Yeah. What it's are you still rating good. it? I just, we just rated it. Oh, I don't listen to you, Tyler. I know. Okay, well, that takes on to Step by Bloody Step, number one by Cy Spurrier. And the you artist, guys go ahead, because I didn't read this. Um, who is he the artist? Bergara. Matthias Bergara. Um, so this is Bergara. basically the Iron Giant. Uh, yeah, I'm getting, like, some Studio Ghibli vibes out of this. Like, you're just wandering, not wandering, but you have a path that you're on... You're going through many different environments. Yeah. It's a very beautiful book. I think I have a problem with some of the way the art tells the story. Okay. There's a few scenes like when she went to pick the flower at the top of that snowy hill, all of a sudden there's like a blast that separates her from the tree. And I didn't yeah. really know what it was and it took me a while to realise it was the Iron Giant guy. Uh, yeah. I think the art's good, it's just it doesn't necessarily do the best job at storytelling, if that makes sense. Uh, I'm not sure if the blast came from the giant guy. I think there's maybe some power that she has. I thought it did, because at the end, during the fight, he seems to do it... I, I don't so... know. There's Cause the point it happens where with... she has to be protected, and uh, I don't think he caused that wall between her and the other child to appear. Maybe not. Like, somebody got close to her, 
and the wall kind of popped up like she's got some power. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. So yeah, this whole story's this Iron Giant and this young girl and the Iron Giant's leading her across country to a location we don't know yet. And at one point yeah. we do get these uh, blue men that are hunting her, basically. Uh, yeah. Or hunting the giant, we don't know, really. They're tracking them. Yeah. All I could think of was uh, the thing from Firefly where it's like two by two hands of blue. Huh. It's been a while. <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of weird they wear those uh, documents around their chest. Yeah. Not sure. Like, it doesn't say anything. This was supposed to be, like, a dialogue-free thing, but they still... The people communicate, but it's not a language that we understand. Yeah. Which I think is a good way of doing it. Instead of just having all the characters be awkwardly silent, it's like, yeah. p these people are communicating, but you've just got to gauge what's going on from the artwork. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think this is one of the most beautiful issues I've ever read of anything. It is. I don't know if it's the most beautiful thing ever, but it's still no, but very it's nice. Very nice, and the world has a very unique feel to it. We see lots of different landscapes and I'm environments. I'm reminded of uh, Samurai Jack, where it's just the world is filled with all these different environments, and we're just passing through. Just It's like walking through different paintings. Yeah. Uh, what else? What else? There's not a whole lot to talk about because obviously we don't get a lot of the story. Yeah, there's certain things you can kind of infer. Like, it seems like we're seeing them at the start of their story. Like, this castle is, that we see, we see basically part of a castle in the second page. Like, this is where the story begins. Something yeah. happened here. And obviously we do get yeah. to see behind the Iron Giant's mask as well. And it's a yeah. girl or a woman who looks similar to this girl. Is it maybe her mother or something? Uh, yeah, I thought maybe it might be like a brother. Uh, maybe, but it sh they do have longer hair. Yeah. They're awake, but also kind of possessed by this growth. Yeah. Like, they're infected, and it's taken... That's how they're able to fit inside this, because they're about the same size, maybe a bit bigger than the girl. And I'm not sure if it's just different ways of drawing the page, but it almost seems like the, uh, the suit is growing back around where the helmet had been. Yeah. Like, it seems like the suit kind of repairs itself over time. It looks like it. Yeah, uh, we don't get enough shots after that, but it does seem like the suit is repairing itself. Um, yeah, because there is a scene where they're set around the campfire and it looks like it's stitching itself back together. Yeah, so it's some sort of uh, organic suit. Organic metal suit. Or maybe it's uh, earthen sort of thing. Yeah. Maybe it's not metal, maybe it's clay. Ceramic, I mean. Perhaps. I don't really know what else I can I say about this issue. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the next three issues. Yeah. 
it's an experience, very unique comic. Yeah. Have you seen many uh, Studio Ghibli films? I have seen none. Really? Yeah. Wow. That's They're really good. good. Top of the list, dude. You, you are missing out. Yeah, they are, like, top quality art, honestly. Yeah, I've heard a lot of good things about Spirited Away. Fantastic mm-hmm. film. That would, that would be the top one. Yeah. To, uh, uh, maybe uh, Princess Mononoke. I was going to say. A bit more apt for this. So. You are moving from environment to environment. Uh, I mean, Princess Mononoke is the one I saw first. I rented that movie with my brother, and my family ended up watching it with me. We all ended up loving it, even though my parents don't really like cartoons. Then I saw Spirited Away in theaters with my brother. Yeah. Uh, both fantastic films. It's hard to say which is the best of the best, but those two are probably the top tier. Yeah. Uh, Spirited Away seems to be on the list of like best movies of all time. Absolutely. So it, I think it's safe it, to say that's probably the best one. One of the top grossing films in Japan. At the time it was. Uh, My Neighbor Totoro and okay. uh, Kiki's Delivery Service are definitely uh, ones for the kids. Still very good. Um, uh, Howl's Moving Castle is also a very good one. It's okay. That's not my favorite one of his. Um... It's it's a cross between like Kiki's Delivery Service and Spirited Away. Yeah. Might be maybe a little reductive, but it's still a very enjoyable film. I find it interesting the cast that they chose for the uh, American like English version. Oh. Um. Castle in the Sky was one of the first ones. Yeah. I forgot about that one. Um, yeah, so Castle in the Sky uh, is also very much like this. This or Princess Mononoke. It's definitely drawing inspirations from those two. Yeah. Uh, you want to do your rating for this issue? Uh, I'd give it like an 8.25 again. Really? I, I was going to go higher, 8.75. Yeah, I just think the art could have done a little better making some stuff clear in places. Maybe on a reread when we get some answers, I might be able to say, oh, I understand why that happened there. But just I felt yeah, a little lost while reading it. Yeah. You mentioned her reaching for the uh, flower, but there was that first time she was. And there's the two-page spread during with the battle with the giant wolf. And that mirroring in the water is so good um like, there's definitely that art style but they mirror it so well which page is this sorry uh page <laughs> eight eight the first two pages oh yeah that is a beautiful page that is really really mm-hmm. nice yeah things really light up in the water yeah And I like the next page as well, where you just got like the long column of smoke rising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, you know what? What yeah. the hell? Eight point five. <laughs> You're so generous. Because it is just such a beautiful book. Yeah. It really is. All right. Uh, ish- this was issue number one of four, four, and they're all oversized and all silent. Well. Yes. We get the dialogue. We don't understand. This is the, hopefully this is what we were hoping for from We Live. Yeah, a little. It'd be nice to have some music with this. Because it has got that sort of cinematic oh, yeah. feel. Well, we can just put on some Studio Ghibli uh, <laughs> music. 
there's a lot of playlists out there. Lo-fi vibes. Yeah. Okay, well, that takes you guys on to Department of Truth number 16. What a weird issue. Yeah, I kind of picked up on what was going on a few pages in. Uh, but this is a... What do they call this? Um, a honeypot? Side story. Ah. Yeah, this is a deviation number five out of... This is issue 16, deviation five. One third of the uh, one third of the issues have been deviations. Mm. Uh, this is an Alice in Wonderland type of issue. The artist is Alice and Sampson, and the colorist is Jordy Belair. Jordy Belair, man, so, uh, great job on this. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of Alice and Sampson. I don't mind uh, it. I col I collected uh, the Hit Girl spin-off series mm -hmm. like hit girl in uh, hollywood and hit girl in canada alice and samson did hit girl in india and i'm not a big fan of her art like it's it's not the cleanest it's not the most consistent but it fits for department of truth well it also fits so it for what's going on with this yeah it's very psychedelic i can appreciate it at the same time it's not my favorite type of art it's not the most consistent, but the psychedelic nature, it it works. I do I do appreciate it. I think that digging into the MK Ultra nineteen sixties stuff is kind of makes sense. While it doesn't necessarily fully confront it, it addresses it very minutely, and I can appreciate it for that. I feel like um, every time we get one of these side stories, it allows us to get some exposition without it being in the main story. And I think that allows for a little bit more... Yeah, a series that has been known for its lack of exposition. Well, I think it kind of makes sense if you think about it, because if you're trying to move the plot along and mm -hmm. tell the story, you're going to have... You can have too much exposition. And if all you're doing is just giving exposition after exposition trying to dig into the build, world building of the universe and this conspiracy theory built comic book i mean there's so much that you would have to do and i think that this kind of makes sense to do these side stories at this point um yeah what i thought was interesting about this was the way in which it addresses so much of what happened in the, in the 1960s post this uh jfk assassination you know this seems yeah. to be addressing so many of the other elements that are not touched upon throughout the rest of the series. And it is weird how they blend different uh, ideas or conspiracies together. Mm -hmm. uh, they blend the 1960s counterculture movement in San Francisco with the MKUltra mind control uh, conspiracies. Well... Thing is, is, like MK Ultra is not a conspiracy, you know. I mean, it actually happened. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you take something that's kind of, you know, that's true or based in reality, and then you extrapolate from that. So they were trying to create mind control stuff, but here, you know, it's like they actually did. They figured out a way to control people. Ah, yeah, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. Yeah, we're trying to separate the real from the fake here. Yeah. Uh, did you realize this was Harvey Oswald, Lee Harvey Oswald, by page four? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Did you? 
Yeah. yeah, I saw Marina in the third page, and I was like, what? And then we see uh, the lady in red being the shooter. That was and a... I was like, oh, I guess this is Lee Harvey Oswald. The thing that I'm confused by with this series now is it seems to be implying that this whore of Babylon seems to be uh, present in the minds of everyone, and that seems to be the thing that ties everyone together when it comes to conspiracy or um, action. But I guess I'm just... She's present at every point event interest yeah yeah kind of like that gnarls barkley music video smiley faces yeah i don't know um what let me ask you this what did you think as far as relevance for this episode this episode is lee harvey oswald whether he's the fake or real lee harvey oswald probably the fake one trying to grapple with the fact that he's just an idea he's maybe a tulpa versus the real lee harvey oswald which he's got all of his memories, but doesn't he doesn't feel real? He's wondering if he is. Yeah, and uh, honestly, I think that that's really appreciated because I really forgot about that until you brought it up, and now that actually makes me appreciate this issue a lot more. Like I think he is the Tulpa because he met with injured Cole from the previous issue mm-hmm. and the Mothman. Yeah, and they're like, you and I, you and I, we're the same. Yeah, we're not so different, you and I. Yeah. Yeah. I just shared in the general channel, uh, last podcast on the left, uh, episode on MK Ultra to uh, for you guys to listen at your leisure. It's a really funny episode on Two all the hours. fucking. Cr- it's a fucking crazy experience. What happens, man? Yeah. And have you seen Wormwood? It's on my list. It's a weird show, dude. I I've I There's really like appreciate. Six episodes? Um, maybe five. Yeah. Okay. It's a short little series, but. It's really baffling to see just how fucking stupid our government was when they were so adamantly anti-Russia, which I don't really blame them now, but adamantly anti-Russia to the point where they they literally tried to wipe the minds of their agents so that way when they retired they would have no information to give. It's just absolutely idiotic, cartoonishly stupid and insane. And this is my this is our country. It's just baffling. Um, that being said, looking at how cartoonishly stupid we were and then applying it to this, it kind of makes sense to apply it to the conspiracy theories with, you know, the tulpas and the, the whore of Babylon. Yeah. Um, uh, how do you feel about all of the uh, visuals, the clues for uh, Alice in Wonderland? This uh, lady he's talking with has the, uh, the caterpillar smoking hookah just tattooed mm-hmm. all across her chest. We see the rabbit appear all over the place. Yeah. Cards, clubs, spades, hearts, diamonds. Well, did you see the title of this issue at the end of the the back? In the back. Yeah, it's the Jefferson Airplane quote, I think. You see it? Uh, feed your head. Yeah, exactly. Feed your head. One pill makes you smaller, and the other makes you large. Yeah. Yeah. Man, I wish they had leaned in on that a bit more with the uh, the Matrix film. Agreed. Yeah, all of the franchise, honestly, because that was so much more they could have done into it. But. Yeah. Okay, so criticism that I have is this is still a lot of the same as we've had before while it just may be a different environment it this is definitely tiny and just like going full 
I, I don't know if he is just like staying up at four in the morning and then just like I'm just gonna dish this out and just bleh. but yeah. it's a lot. I, I do wonder what the process is for writing and designing this. My concern at this point is I. It, it, it's kind of funny because there's something is killing the children is so dramatically different from this in that uh, something is killing the Sitkus sit. I don't know how, how I can even summarize it. Something killing the children is there's no way to so much, alleviate that. <laughs> there really isn't Sitkus yeah. Sitkus is, is so much more action heavy and it still tells a really good plot, but it's very much action heavy. Whereas this is how much can I just get absolutely creative with this, which I'm not really complaining yeah. about. It is dialogue heavy. It's not action heavy, but it is visually. Uh, it heavy. honestly, so this is, I think you might actually appreciate this, Sean. Uh, when Sean and I were trying to uh, do um, political purgatory, one of the first things that I drew for the logo was based off of the Manchurian candidate and the trippiness of the Manchurian candidate makes me think of this. Or the other way the around. Movie Manchurian candidate. The the movie or just the idea of the Manchurian candidate. Uh, actually, both. Okay. Yeah, and specifically because MK Ultra, uh, influenced that book. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, I don't really have anything else like to say this. other than it's got pretty colors and pretty shapes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's this. I think it's in here a few times, but there's this page where it shows, JFK, RFK. MLK and Malcolm X. I know there's a lot of initials right there, uh, but it's almost like if you put on your 3D glasses, you can see these guys because mm -hmm. they do the that kind of uh, blurring where you've got the black, red, and white, black, red, and blue lines that could almost merge together. Yeah, that kind of fate out of phase sort of image. I don't know what to describe that style as. I know what you're talking about. I can't think of it though. Um, yeah. something I want to point out, uh, in the benefit of Sean is Sean has mentioned before that there's a lot of points in this where it feels difficult to maintain some of attention to, because some of it really does get so abstract with the exposition that it, it's difficult to stay engaged with it. I'm taking a creative yeah. writing course right now. And that's actually one of the things that was brought up was if you have so much of a focus on exposition without focusing on sensory details, without focusing on the plot, the moving things along, you're going to lose readership really easily. And I think that yeah. as great of a writer as Tinyan is, there definitely are a lot of points in this where people can get lost because it's so... He yeah, stretches that's... it out and kind yes. of dances around the actual idea without that's saying what it I as direct as I didn't like. Just every issue was just exposition of something cool that he had researched and wanted to talk about. But the actual plot was not moving forward fast at all. Mm -hmm. I got to like issue 12 or 13 and we had had like such a small glimmer of a narrative through line. Yeah. I feel like if he took like just one issue where it was not this heavy, where it was just let the characters do something. Kind of like what well, happened. I think with... there's a balance in there that he could have done they just didn't yeah and i'm wondering why I, I understand that this is a very trippy comic book and for that reason alone i can get it but i, th I think that there is a way of going about doing this where you can still have this degree of 
out there wackiness that I mean we've seen before with Fight Club Manchurian Candidate again, you know other other stories that are very um, odd, but it seems like he's really wanting to lean into this in specific, and I'm curious why that is. I would I would be curious to ask him why that is. At the end of the issue, do you think this woman he's been talking with, getting high, having sex, doing all the drugs, do you think she becomes the woman in red? Um, I think that he sees the woman in red. I think that she was the part of himself. Maybe there really was someone there, but I think that was a conversation he was having with himself more than anything. Hmm. So you don't think she was sent by CIA? Is it... She doesn't work for the department, but she also doesn't work for Black Hat or whatever yeah. their name is. Well, if she was, I mean, why didn't she kill him? Well, it says they don't want to kill you, they want to kill the department. Well, if that's the case, then it seems to be insinuating that they want Lee to be in charge because he has the ability to destroy the department. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he might join their side or something to that effect. Like, yeah. she is trying to bring him over to their ideal. Yeah. convince them of their ideals yeah it's not enough to control them you need to have, give people something to fight for or against yeah it was basically give them a boogeyman yeah boogeyman jesus yeah don't just tell them what they need and give them to give it to them give them something to fight against i think that this would be made into a really good show on hbo max i think that they could definitely do this and it would be a lot of fun i think that it might isn't be it, is it not coming to hbo max I don't think it's been adapted uh, or optioned yet. It has. It's it has. in the works. Has it? Yeah, same people who did the I... Chernobyl miniseries. It's probably Netflix. That's exciting. Yeah, the same production company that did Chernobyl. That's fucking awesome. Elizabeth Murdoch, yeah, you're right. Had anything. Yeah. Elizabeth Murdoch, Stacey Snyder, Jane Featherstone. Oh, Snyder. Even though it's not related. Oof. Snyder Oof. with an I. Ah. Uh. Ah. Uh. Okay. I don't have anything else to say. Rate it. Yeah, I don't see anything from February on. Cool. Uh, ratings. It's interesting. I think I liked Samson here more than I did in Hit Girl. It's a very non-traditional art style, mm -hmm. but it works for the Department of Truth. Uh, I like the mixing in. You know, you got psychedelics. Uh, you got the counterculture. It works to fit in yeah. all of the Alice in Wonderland references. Uh, so I think it was a really well done issue. Absolutely. Uh, not my favorite Department of Truth issue. Uh, but it technically it technically wise, it was done very well. I think my two favorite ones so far have been the side story issue that reveals the Illuminati uh taking control of the calendar and mm -hmm. the uh yes. men in black aliens those are my favorite ones um i definitely agree with the first that that first deviation second deviation right after that was very nice uh but i think maybe the most recent or maybe the one before that with hawk the confrontation between cole and hawk might have been one of the better ones yeah you know what's weird is looking back on those early issues as well when you look at the sandy hook conspiracy theory issue i mean mm -hmm. 
That one was so much more direct than a lot of these recent issues have been, and I just wonder why that is. I'm sorry, I'm kind of getting off topic, but yeah, what's your rating? Um, eight and a half. Um, I mean, if I'm solely looking at it from an artistic perspective, I would agree. I think that I'm going to give it an eight just because, uh, not bad in any degree, but I definitely feel like... I will give them the credit that this is at least an issue that I can see that they're building up something with Lee, and I appreciate them for that. But it's still kind of it's still digging into that exposition issue. Um, yeah, more clear really than before. Kind of, it is building on lore rather than building on the story. Yeah, and so I think it's like we need to fit MK Ultra and a '60s counterculture. We need to fit those conspiracies in here somewhere. So let's do yeah. this issue. Yeah. All right. All right, well, we can move along, and that brings us on next to... Carnage, uh, Forever. Carnage Forever. Number one. Yes. By... So this has th two stories in it. Is it two, or is there a third one? Oh, no, there's a two. little mini cartoon strip at the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so two stories. One written by Philip Kennedy Johnson, and art by Edgar Salazar. And so... the other one by uh, Ram V. Well, we'll get to that. We'll talk about our first story first. All right, all right, all right. So this story tells, this tells the story of a young girl who has a shit home life, and decides to just get out of the house. And she's like sat on the curb, just scribbling in chalk on the pavement. The, um. And she's outside a burned down orphanage. Mm -hmm. This, uh, I mean, I guess the best way to describe her parents is they're junkie squatters, yeah. basically. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. Um. A man kind of walks up on her and finds her and tries to have a conversation of like get get away from this area because this is a bad area to be in. Yeah, um, so just go home. Like you shouldn't like this is a rough neighborhood. You're outside an old haunted orphanage. Yeah, yeah. This was one of the darkest issues of Marvel comics I've ever read in my entire life, and I've read some yeah. dark, fucked up Marvel comics from the Max series, and I would say that this takes the cake. Yeah, because it starts raining, so she decides to go inside the orphanage and take shelter. She falls into, she falls through some floorboards, and down there she finds the Carnage symbiote. Mm -hmm. Now, let me get this straight. The Carnage symbiote is Cletus Cassidy. Yes, so the Cletus Cassidy personality was so strong that when the extension of Venom bonded with him they're they they melded together and they became singularly one so cletus okay. cletus and carnage are the exact same okay even though cletus's body has been dead for years well, he came uh, back his in... personality he came back in um absolute carnage no 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 his body was dead still that was his corpse that was uh being driven i thought they brought him back to life mm -mm. that was his corpse okay. still that's the that's the that's the thing about Carnage that is interesting yeah. is no matter how many times they do this, the, I mean, what do you do when it's literally just the symbiote who has basically had hit any kind of semblance of uh, uh, I'm trying to think of what the word is uh, here where their 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 personality has been overwritten by Cletus Cassidy. Yeah, and it's impressive. It's very scary in this. It's somebody made the comparison years back that. Uh, Marvel's Carnage, Cletus Cassidy, is their answer to DC's Joker, which I can kind of see. 
crazy series. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's it really stands out in this, and I've yeah, never seen she, Carnage rip apart a person. Yeah, well, Carnage bonds with this girl or goes with her. I don't think he's quite bonded with her at the beginning. Not at the beginning, no. They're kind of like gently. Yeah, and we see like her go back home. We see these like shitty parents. Is this a "It's Always Sunny" reference? Because the parents' names are D and Frank. They have to be. Yeah. And D even looks like D. Yeah. Something I just did not like about this, though, is why did they have to kill the dog and then skin it? Yeah. It was brutal. Like, the dad's looking for the dog, and he opens the closet, and it's just skinned, hanging up there, blood dripping everywhere. Literally, like, then, four coat hangers, and it's just... Yeah. And the daughter walks in, and at this point, she's been possessed by Cletus. Yes. She's got, like, glowing red eyes, and she just rips him apart. Mm-hmm. And Never, ever, so, ever, ever have I seen anything this brutal with Carnage. Yeah. Is Carnage not afraid of fire? So. Or does he just really love pain? If I remember correctly, during uh, Absolute Carnage, that was something that was brought up where he, he doesn't have any fear of fire, but electricity still affects him. Okay. So that's the thing that affects him. Sound waves, I think, do as well, but at some point, fire just doesn't bother him. I don't know why. Okay. Yeah, it was dark, and then this little girl um, goes back to the curb, and the guy comes back to talk to her, and she just starts fucking with him, because it's clearly Cletus at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And then we see what she's drawn on the... Um, sidewalk and it's just the orphanage built again and she's all in white chalk with all people outside uh, her mother and father are there as well and the dog and then in red chalk is her and carnage yeah it's just so dark I gotta tell you this this really stood out and this was Johnson in the first story right yeah Jesus Christ yeah it was so good fuck it was intense man holy fuck and then um, we have a second story by Ram V and everyone's favorite tracer, Salvador LaRocca. Yeah, that was weird. The artwork in this was not good. The symbiote... I mean, I will at least say this. <laughs> Salvador LaRocca's inability to do proportions came to his benefit for drawing Hydro-Man and Carnage. So yeah, there was that. When... So Hydro-Man is in a prison cell. He's being contained in like a power damping cell. And a guard says... A guard stands up on a chair, gets a lighter out, and like holds it against a fire alarm. And he's like, he said he'd spare me if I let him go. And the sprinklers start, and then like the red symbiote starts spraying out of it. And mm -hmm. what the fuck is it? It looks like razor blades are going into the skins of them. It's terrible. It's so badly drawn. It's so weak. It's literally just like, uh, uh. But then one bit I did like is where like the actual strand of carnage starts to come down, and then it sort of webs itself together. That scene yeah. actually looked quite good. Agreed. Um, so, something that should be uh, noted is after he goes to the cell, speaks with Hydro Man, and then very clearly drains him. Yeah. Uh, I looked into it, and it's been confirmed. Yeah, Hydro Man is officially dead. Like he he straight up sucked the life force right out of him, which is interesting because I've never seen Carnage take powers from somebody before. But what power did he take? He's already basically liquid. That's what I was confused by, because the beginning of this, he comes out of it as water, basically. So, what is he getting here? I don't understand. 
Please tell me Salvador La Roca's not doing the Carnage book. Um, let's find out. I mean, on the bright side, it means he's off Ben. It it would mean he's off of um, Alien. Um, but at the same time, maybe. I want to read Carnage. Um, it looks like the series Francesco will be, Manor. yeah, which I don't, I don't think okay. I know them. Um, no, he's a new up and coming. We did the Ultraman series. Um, oh, he's done okay. a few bits. Um, Ultraman, he did some X-Men, Tony Stark, Iron Man, the Dan Slot series. Oh. Oh, he did some stuff in Supermassive this week. Oh. Interesting. Uh. I need to go find what pages he did. And I think he was one of the fill-in artists on Life Story Fantastic Four. <clears throat> okay, well, alright. Damn, what an issue, though. I mean, can we just say, like, hold it. I mean, honestly, have you read other points in Carnage where it was just like, it was this brutal? This I was fucking brutal. Of Carnage. I've seen some pages from the early stuff, like, is it Maximum Carnage, Ultimate Carnage? So Whatever that the... god-awful weekly event in the 90s was. Maximum. Maximum carnage. Yeah. I've seen pages from that and it looks messy. And then yeah. absolute carnage was kind of brutal in places. Not to the same level yeah. as this. Not to the same level at all. Um, I remember that the original creator, um, the creator of Punisher as well... Oh... Uh... His name escapes me at the moment, but he did the series back in like 2015, 2016 uh, as well, and I don't think it was nearly as brutal as this. Um, but it, it's created by Steve Lightfoot. Is that how you're thinking? Oh no, this is the fucking TV series. Why is it showing me the TV series? I clearly no, know the I'm, character. Yeah, uh, it was Jerry Conway. Uh, thank you. Yes. Um. That series was not anywhere near as brutal as this. And that was actually the series that puts Carnage out in space, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really know what else to say about this. I'm actually really looking forward to the series, especially with yeah. Rom V taking over the uh, storyline. I feel um, so happy right now with the little group of creators I'm excited by and following. Mm -hmm. It felt like for a time there were some good writers, but now this like last year or so, we've had like Ram V, we've had... Tom King put out some great stuff. Tom Taylor, Philip Kennedy Johnson. I just mm -hmm. feel like there's so many writers I'm excited by at the minute. Absolutely. Did you know that Philip Kennedy Johnson was U.S. Army Reserve? I thought he was English. No. Huh. No, Ram V is English. Ram V is Indian. Yeah, he's also English. He lives in England. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's English. I think he was born. Oh, was he? I think so, yeah. Huh. Yeah. I need to get around to reading a swamp thing. I, I do as well. That first issue was really strong, but yeah. I, I hopped off, and unfortunately. His, oh, uh, that Future State stuff as well was amazing. Yeah, let's uh, let's do ratings and we can move on. Um, this... I'll give it like an 8.25. It was very good, but... Was it that next level? Salvador LaRocca holds it back. It does, but I'm going to be honest with you, I'm going to give it a 9, because I genuinely think that this is the only time that I can actually look at Carnage and say, that is the essence that people have been trying to capture of this character for years and years and years, and it was finally captured. 
Fair enough. It was yep. a very good story. Brilliant. And that takes us on to Dark Ages number five by Tom Taylor and <laughs> Ivan Coelho, is it? Uh man, speaking of Venom or Carnage, excuse yeah. me, this was uh really short, but fun. Yeah. There were just a few fun. notable bits here I wanted to mention. We have Nick Fury's funeral and we have Deadpool come up doing his wisecracking remarks. And even when he found out Nick Fury died, he he was actually very sympathetic and paid his respects. Mm -hmm. And it was quite a heartfelt moment. Was it? I, I don't know. It. I felt like I felt like it was trying to force that a little bit too. I feel like that could have been given another two panels. Maybe it does feel kind of out of character for Dale. I feel like he's had encounters with Nick Fury before. Enough. He's not manic pixie enough. <laughs> uh, my sexy manic pixie dream girl, Deadpool. Um, but yeah, we get some big plot developments here with Apocalypse going into the center of the Earth to face the Unmaker. Yeah. I mean, I'll just come out and say this. I think that this is the weakest story that Tom Taylor's uh, done so far. I still think it's a lot Wait, of fun. this is Tom Taylor? Oh my god. I hate Tom Taylor. <laughs> What's going on here? I don't like this Dark Ages. Like, it started out strong and it's just eh. kind of been weak. Did it? Did it come out strong? I feel like I it was really kind of... It. I yeah, find it a really fun read. It looked like it had promise, but it's well, not delivering on that. Okay, so let me put it this way. Like I said, I think that this was a fun issue. I still think it's a fun series, but I don't think that it's like, oh, like that next that that degree of Tom Taylor that I'm accustomed to. Like when you read his Nightwing stuff sure, right yeah. now, you're you're you cannot argue that there is a hefty amount of heart put into his no, story, and I, I feel like this is. Honestly, I think that it's just it was delayed so much that I think that he kind of lost some of the fire yeah. with it. When was the, maybe. When did issue four come out? December? Mm, maybe. Uh, maybe? I'll be honest with you. I forgot that Nick Fury died. I was just like... I had to go back and reread it. I was like, did I miss an issue? I, mean, I, was like, I, I felt know. the same way. About, uh, March 30th, so we have to wait. Yeah, that's another month. So, yeah, yeah issue normal. four came out January twelfth. Oh no, so that was recent. Okay. Was okay. it? It doesn't feel recent. It was a month a half month and a half ago. Uh number three came out in November, October, and then September. Oh it just right. Keeps slipping. It's like a month and a half instead of a month, it's like a month and a half between issues. Yeah. I will say this. Six weeks. Yeah, then they get uh, attacked by Carnage Venom. Uh, possessing Miles, Miles yes. Yeah. And I think me and you predicted this early on when we first saw the character. We did. Yeah. We wondered what the symbiote was, but... Yeah. Well, we were confused because it's not... It doesn't make any sense to have both of the symbiotes bond to him because that's just not really historically it's, been okay yeah, before. Yeah, but it's like carnage over top of Venom. Yeah. Right? But I like we got them... They separated the symbiotes from Miles and then it just had that scene of Storm just blasting them. Yeah. Well, you got the... Yeah, they're afraid of fire there. They're afraid of fire and loud noises, and they're facing a woman who was once thought to be a goddess of thunder. Mm. And then you just see them disintegrate in white light. You know, something about this issue that reminded me... Something that you can absolutely fall in love with about Chris Claremont's X-Men is that he is one of the only creators that really was like, why the hell am I only doing American X-Men? I mean, here's... 
here's a mutant from Africa, Germany, uh, England. I mean, he's just going all over the world and then putting him together. And honestly, I wish that that was the case for more superhero stuff because it does not make any sense to me to consistently make these characters come out of New York and it's just a little exhausting, you know? And you can appreciate that with this. I mean, you've got Colossus, Nightcrawler, Aurora, Storm. I mean, there isn't... Those are, are never going to be bad characters. They're always going to be interesting. They're always going to be cool. It doesn't matter what the environment is. Yeah. Uh, do you think Miles is still going to have his powers without the uh, symbiotes having taken over him? Um, yeah. I don't know. He's been, maybe he's been in those symbiotes for a few years. It seems like it, but I think that he, that's, that's just a matter of getting accustomed to... How can I put this? It's like when you're training with weights on. You know, you get accustomed to the the weight, and then when you take it off, you're going to be. You have to get accustomed to moving around a little bit more. You know, I feel like that's what it's going to yeah. be like. It's not like Peter brought along another set of web shooters. Yeah, thwap. Thwap, thwap. I don't know, man. I I just didn't think that this was. I don't know. I I was really hoping for this series to be more interesting, and it just didn't. It just didn't hit. Yeah, it just feels so slow. Yeah. Like, things have happened, but it still feels like not a lot happens each issue. Yeah. How are you going to wrap this up next issue? Yeah, I agree. I reckon we'll get a season two kind of thing, like Deceased. Probably. Yeah. I hope not. Uh, Ratings? I'm going to give it an eight. That seems high for me. I like it. Yeah. I, I was down, like, I think 7 would be pushing it. Yeah, probably about a 7 for me. You guys are just too I negative. Mean, oh, whatever. I just Compared feel like... everything else that we read this week, it doesn't yeah. belong in the same I mean, even, vicinity. Even if we're not comparing it to everything that we read this week, I mean, just previous stuff that Tom Taylor has written, you know? Yeah, who knows? Maybe he's getting hamstrung by the ep- editors. It can't be, I believe that. It can't be his fault. He could do no wrong. Yeah. Okay, and that takes on to Human Target number five by Tom King and Greg Smallwood. Which cover did you guys get? The main I got the regular one. one. Oh, nice. Okay. I feel like this is. I feel like this is different from. This isn't the regular one. No, that's it? variant. No, that's a variant. Yeah, this is. They had a ton of these ones and not like any of the regular ones. You have a tendency know. to get a lot more variants these days. I've been noticing that about you. I get whatever my comic book shop gets in. I straight up tell them, I'm like, if you don't give me the regular cover, I'm not going to buy it. Like, I'll get the variant cover I, if I want to get them yeah. as an extra. Yeah, yeah. I've said that to mine as well. Care. Like, when I'm ordering the stuff on previews, I have the option of saying, like, I want this cover. Yeah. Cover A, cover B. They don't really seem to pay attention to that part. I straight up have told, I've actually left a shop before because they were like, we're going to give you what we give you. And I'm like, okay, well, then you lose a customer. Sorry. Like... I want yeah. what I want. I'm a I'm a nitpicky Karen, I guess. This this is my favorite issue so far. It's a really good issue. That being said, I'm so elegant. I'm very curious about this. So you had a bit not hefty criticism, but you had some criticisms about the Department of Truth. So I'm wondering how you felt about the abstraction in this. I liked it. Uh, for well, that one was all about psychedelics. This, I had a little trouble getting into it. I was like, I. We'll move through it. We'll see how this is working out. But it makes sense on a second read-through. Absolutely. Where they're basically exploring each other's minds and their memories are basically being intertwined. Absolutely. 
It makes complete no, sense by is, the time you get to the end. Yeah, like, when oh, you get shit. to the end, it makes sense. But I was so lost going through it. Maybe Same. about halfway through, yeah, it starts to make sense. Uh, the references that he's making about don't tell her about the gun. You know, don't give it, don't give everything away, sort of thing. But the way things kind of, uh, I think it's this page right here, where you're moving from. Uh, yeah. What's her name? Frost. Ice. Yeah, fire. Frost. Fire. Between fire and ice, and you're basically transitioning. Their memories are getting mixed together, so it's time. Chance. Yeah. I fucking love. I love, 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 love Tom King for having Martian Manhunter, whose weakness is fire, have an affair with fire. Tom yeah. King, if you're watching, he's marry me. I love you. <laughs> that was oh, just... I, I yeah, reckon Tom King is a king that. Do you remember that episode? Yeah. Do you remember that issue of Mr. Miracle where Barda tied him up? <laughs> yeah. I mean, tighter, there's a... tighter. I need to be able to have a challenge of getting out of this. Unfortunately, editorial has said that Batman doesn't eat pussy, but Catwoman seems to differ. Wasn't that Zack Snyder that said he does? Um, um, no, who, Tom who King wrote that the... issue. Uh, Batman, yeah. Catwoman, and DC was like, he doesn't do that. Yeah, We're but didn't Zack Snyder come out and be like, oh, in my movies he does? Batman has Maybe. one move and one move only. Missionary, like a good American. <laughs> His position is justice. Not, yeah, acting like his that, position you know. is justice. <laughs> <laughs> acting like he doesn't attend those rich people sex parties. There's a reason why he goes with Catwoman is because she's got the whip. Mm-hmm. All that leather. All that leather. Whoopa. Or the mask. Uh, there's there's so much in this that we're covering is different. You know. It's about memory, so we're obviously going to go to some of his most guarded memories. Mm -hmm. So we go to the memory about his dad being killed and where he gets his sense of justice. Which felt uh, very um, Batman-esque for me, to me. I, I don't know anything about Human Target, so this was uh, a great yeah. issue to have like the back story. How many, how many episodes of Peacemaker have you watched? Me? None. None? Uh Sorry, I watched, uh, I finished Peacemaker this week, and there's a lot of parallel in there, because we go a bit into Peacemaker's origin of why he does what he does. Mm. Uh, it's such a that, good show. That we get the learning that, really he, is. that yeah, uh, we learn that uh, human target, Chris Chance, uh, was trained by uh, a different Martian on how to evade or fight back a an attack of the mind um this is interesting did you know that human target was made into a tv series yeah yeah i had no fucking yeah, I mean, idea we've talked about we have it. spoken about it, it before it only had a few episodes like it didn't last long two seasons yeah. oh two seasons Jesus. two seasons That's... i think it was so disconnected from the yeah. rest of the dc stuff nobody even knew Oh, you know what? I'm okay. I'm looking at the first appearance, Detective Comics 201. That's why it feels so Silver Age. That's awesome. I love it. Mm -hmm. uh, well, there's so many. I don't want to say so many, but there's callbacks here. This guy that he, the his Martian trainer, uh, basically has part of her ship, a key, to, her magic little key to her magic little rocket, uh, and he basically does the reverse. He learned the move there, the pass the salt move. 
So he knows exactly what's going on as soon as Martian Manhunter asks him to pass the salt. It's really good about those callbacks in the issue. There's Absolutely. one detail in here that I think would have made Rorschach a much more enjoyable read for me. Hmm. In the first or second or page, second. yeah, he's like going through the clues he's uncovered so far. He's like, oh, a component of the poison traced back to Booster Gold, who's got a mystery partner. You, you keep saying Rorschach. Yeah, the Rorschach book. Because I struggle to follow the mystery in that book. I see what you're saying, okay. Whereas here, he's he goes over the previous clues he's uncovered and the journey's getting to this point in the opening page. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Rorschach, it's kind of like he goes to this area, speaks to this person, has a weird vision of the dead people, mm-hmm. and then goes to the next location. And I failed to follow that as well as some people did mm-hmm. because I'm a moron. Yeah. yeah. No denying it. Whereas here, I like it's kind of... it's taking on the journey showing you these clues and making sure you're following along the way as well yeah yeah uh and it's unfolding as you go through the comic and you're realizing what's happening and i'm not even upset that there's so many uh i'm not even sure they're reusing the same image over and over again but we get that shot of the salt shaker we get the shot of them in bed the salt shaker shot of the gun salt shaker shot 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 Uh, but we get we get the same picture shown over and over again and you know it's not redundant it's it's like here in this moment of time all of these memories are coming back and we're doing this fight over the course of a second yeah. why is it taking him six months to draw these issues when literally the scenes where they're in bed the faces are reused there are several panels here where the artwork is reused um, I mean, it's probably to do with the way in which it's inked and colored as well. It, it feels like very intentional. Who's, um... I think he does it all himself. I was going to say, I don't see a, a colorist on the cover or an inker, so let's find out. No. Greg Smallwood consists of two enchiladas, Mexican rice, fried beans, a cup of chili con carne, and <laughs> Ricardo's taco sauce. You are correct, by the way. Uh, yeah, it is just him. He does all of the art. Clayton Cowles is the letterer uh, yep. on this, and that's it. No no inker, no uh, colorist. At least with Mitch so, Gerrards, I mean, when he does the work with Tom King, and they do have those same panels where it's just repeated to space it out. Each panel is slightly different. Mm-hmm. And he draws like the faces differently, like their mouths would be in a different position. Mitch Gerrards doesn't reuse the same face in different panels. Yeah. Did you notice how the material on the cover is different? Like, for the woman and uh, Martian Manhunter? No. Oh, I have that here, where some of it is glossy and some of it's matte. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, I was going to say that in the flashbacks with our young Chris Chance, I'm getting, like, Chris Pine vibes. A little bit. Yeah, I see that. Yeah. Um, yeah, when we get to the end, we find out it was Fire who asked Martian Manhunter for the money. Yeah, I like how they stitch together. Like, we have to go through every person of JSI. We move from this person to that person yeah. to that person. And there's a very distinct narrative the thread. Between them. 
And it's better than saying, like, oh, you know, everyone got along well in public, but they hated each other in private. Like this, it's, there are real relationships, they do have their interpersonal differences, but it's not like everybody hated everybody. Yeah. It's just such a well-thought-out issue, and it's a really well-thought-out book. And, I mean, it's not necessarily to be surprised because it's Tom King, but it's just interesting to see him take different approaches with stuff, and I really appreciate that about this. Yeah. I don't think I have really much else to say about that. Um, uh, Martian Manhunter is always such a stoic person. So, it... I mean, how often do you get to see him having feelings? The stoic, or, you know, find the out? most stoic people are always the kinkiest. Yeah, he cries during sex. Yeah. How kinky! Okay, what are you guys going to break? A lot of fire and aliens What's having up? to not like fire. What are you doing here? I forgot the hardware for the frames. Those? What? I don't know what you're what you're talking about. Hardware like. Hanging stuff like frame stuff. There's nothing in this Did you drive all the way there and then all the way back? Yes. I don't know what stuff you're talking about, I'm sorry. Framing like. It's a bag of. of hardware. Like for frames. Oh, the stuff up there on the shelf? Yes. Okay. This. <laughs> And hi, everyone. All right. Uh, hi. Bye. Bye. Three, two, one, and we're back. Okay. So it's weird that you've had this is the third issue that we've talked about. We had two issues with Venom and Carnage where it was fire uh, repelling them, and now you've got the Martian Manhunter, like you said, uh, hooking up with fire being afraid of fire well that's his big weakness and in this case it's it's literally personified and christopher chance's weakness is women mm, a cold-hearted bitch or an alien that is afraid of fire yes yeah. what did you guys want to rate it i'm gonna give it a 8.75 wrong false Th this is my favorite issue so far nah, this issue is three was really best I, mean, I, I really enjoyed this issue. This is this is in the nines. Yes, me. absolutely. This is like a nine and a half. See, I'll I'll, I'll say probably about a nine. Uh, but I, I I think that's like at minimum it should be a nine. Yeah. It different strokes for different folks, but and I in really this case, this. Uh, his are the backstrokes uh, upside down, uh, going down a mountain. I'm not that kinky. <laughs> All right. Okay. Um, that takes finalizing. us on to, huh? Action Comics ten forty. Yeah, by Philip Kennedy Johnson and and Ricardo Federici. Ricardo Federici. We about dark, except we talked about dark ages near the end, and that was not the best for last. Back so Tyler, answer me this: How turned on did the first panel make you? I had to put it down. Really, this isn't like the best. Super Daddy, out of the series, he does, you can't even say see his gray sideburns. Honestly, without the gray sideburns, I'm less turned on. I'll be honest with you. He doesn't even have like a five o'clock shadow. I need him to he's look like he's going to teach ass. me a life lesson inside of a barn, and then that life life lesson. Ass and taking names, 
And then he has time to go shave. And then he has time to do whatever he wants to me later in that barn. This issue was great. It's fantastic. We have this story of the two kids who worship Mongol and want to be like him, and he's like, oh, if you really love, like, if you really love me like you say, you will kill your brother. Yeah. He's like, well, clearly you're weak if you're not going to kill him. Yeah, yeah. that was uh, that was a lot. This, this so Mongol decided he was Mongol going to kill them, and then Superman intervened. Mongol in this issue comes walking out looking like a Goomba from the Super Mario Bros. movie. <laughs> Mario, Mario. What's your first name? Mario. Last name? Mario. Yeah. Fucking film. Um, I continue to be impressed by the fact that Johnson has the ability to world build the way that he does and to do it in a way that still feels fresh. I st I do feel like this issue was a different pacing than I'm accustomed to with the other stuff. It felt a little bit more rushed. Um, but I think that that was because I think he has an idea of what each issue is going to entail and he needs to get to a certain point. Yeah. We've already established that the Philosians, the... Um... The Muscarians... The war zones. What do they call the Kryptonians that are like the off-brand Kryptonians? I was right. Okay. Phalosians. We've already established that they have been on this planet in this world trying to fight to survive, going against the very nature of their ancestors. But this is the one that is dealing with how it has affected people who are basically being brought up into that environment. And it also deals very directly with Superman's discovery about the falsehood narrative. But this, I feel like, could have taken elements from what was going on and then put it into another issue. It feels like... It, it felt very sudden to me the way that he wanted to reveal the falsehood and the way he wanted to confront Midnighter for wanting to uh, destroy the solar whatevers. Um, solar I don't know. Storage. It, it feels like it's going a little too fast in this issue for me, and the previous issue had a lot better pacing. Yeah, it does kind of glean over some things. Yeah, gleaning, uh, absolutely. The, the part, yeah, the first half probably could have been stretched out to its own issue. Mm -hmm. The uh, breaking out probably could have been the last part. Agreed. But I think they're covering what they need to here, that Superman has to come up with a different approach. He can't His usual approach of fight the bad guy and win to win the hearts and minds of folks isn't enough. Yeah. You know, he's really got to convince them of his way. Uh, and I think that parallels pretty well with what we're seeing in Son of Kal-El. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. You know, John is trying to find a new way of doing things. A better way. Yeah. Yeah, and Superman's seeing here his normal way of rushing in and saving the day won't work every time. Mm-mm. I mean, that being said, it's not a bad issue in the slightest. It's still a fantastic series. Yeah, it's still one of the best ongoing series I'm reading at the minute. Absolutely. And I don't think there's any challenge to that whatsoever. Anybody who would say otherwise is a buffoon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think the letterer is doing a pretty good job. Agreed. Sharp. Uh, Mongol speaks in yellow. Uh, I think they do. Is it Dave Sharp? Oh, yeah, you're right. Is that not the name I just Yeah, said? yeah, you're right. I thought Sharp was a colorist. I'm wrong. Maybe. Maybe he does both. He yeah, he could the, double. Uh, speech bubbles. 
He's the best of both worlds. Uh, yeah. But there's there's so many little bits that he does that really add to it. Uh, there's bits. a point where he's little bits. It's a blue in your face, motherfucker. Uh, but there's a point where uh, Superman, Clark Kent, is trying to get the attention of the kids while they're back in the cell, and he says, "Hey." Yeah. And there's that black border around the sides of the speech bubble. Yes, very stern fatherly figure. I really appreciated that. Yeah. Or after they're out of the cell and kind of sneaking by, there's this part where they talk about the great worms, and it's the great worms, and they have their own textile, and it breaks out of the bu- out of the bubble. Mm-hmm. So, these kind of effects are used sparsely but effectively. Mm-hmm. The, you know, you said it's moving quickly, but it did kind of end before i thought it would because this back matter is just so thick yeah it is i don't it's, care about it i don't either i tried reading the first issue that had the martian manhunter backstory and i just was not sold on it in mm-hmm. the may issue philip kennedy johnson's taking over doing the backup stories himself right. and i think Good. the art's by ben temple smith or someone like that you mentioned that before Ooh. yeah i'm sold um so yeah, that's i don't know i feel a lot more world building yeah, something that we've agreed upon in the show is that we would speak on issues that stood out to us. So I think I wanted to ask you guys, what is it about this issue that made you want to bring it onto the show that uh, you wanted to touch on? Now we had the letters. We had the kids. Mainly the letters. <laughs> it's mostly the letters. I don't know, just every, oh, uh, just every sort of issue of this series feels special. It does. And it reminds me of why I love this character. Because I kind of fell out of love with the character during the Bendis stuff. And that's no disrespect to Bendis. He did his thing. But I just wasn't loving the stories. He he wrote the character well. But it's just the stories weren't great. And then here to just have such a compelling, rich, fully formed story. It just feels so good. Yeah, I can agree with that. And even the stuff that first got me into the character with the Tomasi Gleason stuff. That felt very much arc to arc. They were just kind of mm-hmm. making up as they went. And I still really like the writing. But this, you can tell every single thing on the page is intentional. And you can tell he's got an end point and goal. And every single thing is leading to that point. Mm-hmm. It helps that Federici gets to keep his art style in this. Yeah. Yes. That pushes this to the next level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How do you feel about this uh, OMAC? two pages that we got for oh for omac <laughs> do you care about there's this hinting, character i don't really care about this character there's hinting that there's something more to them i i guess i don't know i feel bad because as much as i love everything going on with this this omac character is the least in, in interesting character to me i like light they, ray they adapted the quickest and most efficiently to their new way of order mm-hmm once they got stuck here, they just adapted. They, you know, worked their way up to work with the Smith, wheel and deal kind of, whatever. Yeah. Uh, but here we find out that Leah is still kind of alive or can be brought back to life. Yeah. Kind of the same way that it seems like Mongol is going to do to Superman. He's going to kill Superman, bring him back to life, kill him again. Mm-hmm. I think that's what we saw in Future State. Is that what was going on? 
it seemed to say that he Superman would be yeah he keeps brought back being brought back like a Jesus got it okay or a Frankenstein yes all right <clears throat> what would you rate this issue uh, 8.75 damn it yeah <laughs> dang it I wanted that number you can't have that number I mean I definitely want to agree but I definitely feel like the pacing in this was had thrown me off just a smidgen so I'm going to give it like an 8.5 just a small bump down that's all that's I don't it. know if I felt any problem with the pacing that it was going too fast but it, it definitely ended sooner than I thought it was going the to. abrupt nature another page or two yes absolutely maybe if it had another page I would feel differently I don't know yeah. yeah. And uh, that's what we read this week. So now we are going to ask, uh, what were your picks of the week, boys? Uh, human Target, definitely. Cool. I really like Radio Apocalypse, but because I didn't listen to the songs, I feel like I missed out on half the experience. Fair I think enough. I've got to go with Step by Bloody Step, just because it was such really? a unique storytelling experience. Okay. And the artwork was just breathtaking the whole way through. Okay. I'm going to go with Carnage Forever, just because it honestly shocked me, and it takes a lot for me to actually be shocked. I personally feel, at least. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm glad we don't have a consensus this week. We get to pick our own specific issues. Yeah. I mean, it, we all are in agreement of things that stood out and which ones are generally good. I, I don't think that we diverge too far from each other regularly, but it was kind of nice to have some diversity this, this week. Um, what's coming out next week, boys? Um, so, next week, we've got a lot of stuff coming. Did we? I thought it was um, going to be light this week. No. No. It's never oh, great on a wallet. First week. So, we have the first issue of... Where's it gone on my little list? We have the first issue of Batman Killing Time by Tom King, which is a six-issue miniseries with David Marquez on art. Mm. And before you say anything, okay. Tyler... It's been described as more like his Supergirl stuff than his rest of his Batman stuff. I'll give it a read. I'll yeah. give it a read. Might be good. Is this standalone? Yeah, as far as I'm aware. It's just a six-issue miniseries. Um, we have the final issue of Justice League Incarnate, which is leading to the um, death of the Justice League and Dark Crisis. We have crossover number 12, which is the end of this arc, I believe. Or do we have another one in this arc? I don't know. Let me check. Oh, no, we have issue 13 is the end of the arc. Yeah, because we had that interlude yeah, with Chip Starsky. Part 5. Yeah. Yeah. But it's March 2nd, and then the next one doesn't come out till the end of April. Mm. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, we have issue 4 of New Burn. Nice. And the end, the back matter is the end of the story arc of the backup story. So, okay. I thought it was five parts. Uh, it says plus the conclusion of Brooklyn Zirconia. Huh. Okay. Oh, but hopefully... we got the final issue of uh, Arkham City this uh, coming week. Sorry, Tyler, whose job is it to read next week's stuff? Uh, mm, <laughs> is it your job? Yeah. Please hold all questions okay. till the end. <laughs> um, we have. A new what if issue with Miles Morales becoming Captain America. Ugh. 
Wait, are they just doing What Ifs with Miles Morales? Yes. Because I thought he was supposed to become Hulk. No, five issues of What If Miles Morales becomes certain superheroes. Oh, We've got nice. Captain America, Hulk, um, Wolverine. Ugh. Okay, well, I'm only interested in what if he became the Hulk. I don't give a shit anymore. We have yeah. the first issue of the new Radiant Black shared universe series, Rogue Sun. And okay. after reading Supermassive, I might give it a go. It sounds quite cool, but description of supernatural murder mystery. Hmm. Cool. So, yeah, we'll see. We have the first part of Trial of the Amazons, the Wonder Woman crossover event. Mm-hmm. I'm probably not getting that. Oh, wait to hear what people are saying about it. Uh, we have the first issue of the... We have the first two issues of the War for Earth 3, the crossover event between Suicide Squad... Um, Teen Titans Academy and Flash. I'm very <laughs> salty that Flash is tying into this. You're salty in general. Yeah. Um, we have the final issue of the Arkham City series. I'm just staring at Tyler while I say this. <laughs> As if I didn't already say um, this. We have the first of two issues of Radio Spaceman, which is the new Mike Minola two-parter. I think it's pronounced Spachimin. 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 Uh, we have the next issue of Batman by Josh Williamson. This is issue 121. So then we'll have three more issues of his run, which I believe of a crossover, before we get to the um, chip taking over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we'll take over in June. Um, we have issue five of Dark Knights of Steel. With a beautiful oh, yeah. cover by Dan Mora. Okay. Um, we have the first issue of the second arc of The Nice House on the Lake. Issue number seven, yeah. returning yes. after a long hiatus. Too long. Too long, Daddy. So, Pick of the Week has a new competitor. Mm. <laughs> and we Dark Knight of Steel or Nice House on the Lake? Yeah. And we also have Dark Knights awesome. of Steel, The Gathering Storm number one, which is a what? collection of the first three issues. So obviously which we, we won't be reading this, but they're reprinting yeah. the first three for people who missed it. Damn. The cover looks really cool, though. It is really cool, yeah. <clears throat> and I believe that is it for next week's stuff. Nope. Uh, there's also oh. one thing I wanted to shout out really quick. Uh, I don't know if anybody's going to be curious about this. I'm probably going to look into it because Jed McKay has not really done me wrong so far. Strange. But, uh, he's coming out with that new Strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, following on from the death of Strange. Which I did not read, and I'm going to be very a bad reader about that, but Who I'm curious about this. Supreme. I have no fucking idea. Okay. Sean, no did you clue. mention Noctera 8? Are you still on that? Uh, I didn't see it on the thing. It um, is coming out. It's uh, recent oh, yeah, there it is. weird. I might catch up at some point. You guys said the yeah. last couple of issues have been pretty good. I well, I, well, you said, I don't you said at least it. one of the issues was good. Well, no, that, so the most recent one was Black Talk Bill special, and then issue uh, seven that just came seven. out. So the start of the arc wasn't very strong. Uh, yeah, it was okay. Yeah, it yeah. might have been issue six. You said was good. It was a good issue. Yeah, that was the finale. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, are you guys off of Alien? Probably. I'm off. Yeah, Alien number 10 comes out. I think that goes through 12. For yeah. The end of the arc. Yeah, I sold them. I sold my issues already. Yeah. The cover looks cool, but they, I'm just they not They don't even written. care to yeah. 
Well, I mean, it's just the way you said before. It's them getting like for this. The, <laughs> the, how did you describe it? You described it as the alien goes around killing all the cunts, and that's it. Yeah, and yeah, it's just very generic. I liked the first arc because I felt like it was building to something, and yeah. then this just felt like an alien movie of an alien going somewhere and yeah. killing people. Yeah, a weak one at that. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'll skip issues ten and eleven and then come back for twelve just to get the ending. Oh, guys. Because I feel like I... It feels like I can skip these issues and not miss anything. We for, we totally missed out on this really big, important thing that we need to check out. What is it? Loaded Bible. Jesus versus Dracula. Shit. Oh, yeah. I think there's also the War on Drugs comic, too. Hell yeah, brother. Okay. Wait, it's a story it? by Tim Seeley. It's called it? Loaded Bible, Blood of My Blood, number one, by Tim Seeley and uh, Steve Orlando, with art by Giuseppe Cafaro. Who's it published through? Image. Image. Image? I know, it's so weird. It just looks silly. Silly fun. Okay. Jesus hunting vampires. You son of a bitch, I'm in. Ooh, <laughs> what's this? What's this? No, 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 no. Don't you do that to me, Tyler. What? Co-written by Steve Orlando. I know. <laughs> I know. I'll check it out online before I buy it, but I'm going to check it out. All right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, but we should also uh, ask: Is there anything for shoutouts that you guys had? Uh, I caught up on all like the Devil's Reign and Electra stuff, and it's so good. Fantastic. I, let me go check. I, I need to catch up on Deathstroke oh. as well before next week for the sure. Batman crossover. Josh, did you read? I, read uh... Uh, I haven't read it yet. I might save it just a bit longer before issue thirty-six comes out just in case it doesn't come out for a while. It's... I mean, it, the first half of it was kind of mad, but the ending was really good. Yeah. Uh, I read Berserker number seven. Oh, okay. It's back. Cool. Uh, I felt like I was dumb or something. Like, I or had something. A hard time, yeah, I felt like I had a hard time following exactly what they're insinuating or what I was seeing. Hmm. Did you guys read it? I mm. haven't read it, I've, but I will do. I've read up to issue six. Okay. I just yeah, I don't want to give anything away, so there's not really anything we can talk about. But well, I read it. I popped off a long while ago. I read issue one, and I was like, I'm good. It's a, it's a oh, fun okay. book. I believe yeah. it. Matt Kent's not a bad writer at all. He's yeah. been a good writer It's a before, very enjoyable was... action read. That's kind of what I mean. Is like I, I would rather invest yeah. my money in things that I'm going to look back on and be like, oh my god, you know? Yeah, so issue seven, they... Re they basically state this kind of overarching theory of what's going on, what his true purpose is. And they allude to some stuff, but I feel like I might just be a little too dumb to get the whole picture. Or maybe there is more to it, and they're not giving it away just yet. But that's it. Let's, let's just finish this up. Cool. Yeah, I'm done. I was waiting on you. Let's wrap it up. All I'm right. Just well, listening to the tippy tappies. <laughs> All right. Well, then that's Tyler, all your friends are here. I know. Well, I know. I'm sorry. You're right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, take this time to yourself. Uh, give yourself a mental health day. Uh, and thank you for making that this show. If this is your first time watching us, thank you for giving us a chance. And if this is your uh, 
15th time uh, listening to us. Thank you for sticking around. And thank you for celebrating this uh, episode 52 with us. The, it's the, the new 52 episode. We did a whole year's worth of this. Reboot. And <laughs> uh, actually a little bit. We, we are a little past the year marker, but this is the year marker episode. So this has been 52 weeks of doing this with these two fuckers and them tolerating my existence somehow. I think for so, a one-year thanks. special, we should bring back Dave and Tops. Do you want to? No. I kind of want to have them fight. Let's see what happens. Let's do it. <laughs> all right. Well, you know where you can find us. You can find us on all the podcast locations except for Stitcher. Uh, thanks to Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, all the podcast locations. Thanks to Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm slash Cult of Comics is where you're going to find our RSS feed. And make monthly contributions. You can also go to Patreon.com slash Cult of Comics to do other monthly contributions where we will give you rewards. As if you need more incentive to give us money. And you can also check out our YouTube channel. Uh, check out our new ending and outro uh, that we just crafted together, thanks to some audio from a TikTok. Speaking of TikToks, you can also find me on TikTok at Tyler Brown is here, where I uh, transition into a horse. And anything else, guys? Um. Do you uh, <laughs> you transition to a horse? Do you identify as a hee-haw? I fucking hate you. I identify as Mr. Ed. <laughs> oh Wilbur and on that note take care there try not to get too discouraged from the news and try not to get too sucked into World War 3 uh, take care guys bye dash 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 dot 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 the three of us are in a cult <laughs>